welcome to the UCC Green Campus podcast. I'm joined here today by Annalisa Say. Uh, Annalisa, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and your research? Sure. Um, thanks for, for inviting me, first of all. Um, so I'm based in applied psychology. Um, my background is cognitive science. And I was thinking, how can I explain, you know, my research that goes from the sound-induced splash illusion to, you know, well-being in nature? And I thought, because it's summer, I'm going to say that my research is like an ice cream cone. So it's, uh, you know, it kind of starts in the point as very specific, um, looking at multisensory perception, and then it kind of uh, tries to, to look at how sen the senses uh, contribute in how we process things cognitively, so our cognition. And then on that, um, I'm interested in understanding what influence our cognition, which is our body, the way we act in the environment, and the environment itself. So that's how I got from, you know, sort of perception to cognition to, um, you know, well-being and environment and the collaboration with Green Campus and uh, and all of that in a nutshell. <laughs> but, uh, the ice cream is a, a good analogy. And... I thought it's summertime. Right <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't melt. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we might kind of talk a bit about some of the, the benefits of getting out in nature and also kind of on the flip side of that, what are the kind of negative effects of the kind of indoor sedentary lifestyle that a lot of us are leading at the moment? Yeah, so I think there is a, a, a widespread knowledge now that nature is beneficial for us. And, and the interesting bit is that this is really backed up by science. So, you know, just to, uh, to use the, the you know, the wording that is used in the UCC program, made to move, you know, we are made to move and we are made to move in, uh, you know, in different environments and particularly in natural environments. So um, we know that the way we learn, uh, you know, even as children, for example, if you think how, how does a child learn, you know, he or she learns by exploring the environment. Uh, by touching, by sensing, by building, you know, knowledge um, through the body and through exploring different types of environments. Um, and, and sort of, of course, with, you know, development, we acquire the ability to have simulated environments. So to think about, you know, we can read stuff in a book and we don't need to be there. Uh, you know, you can learn about, I don't know, how mountains are formed, but you don't need to be on top of a mountain. But, um, but still, this explorative nature is part of the way we learn. And, and, and that's why being sedentary is really not good for, for us, is not good from the physiological point of view, uh, but it's also not good for, for um, the learning. And uh, I think this is interesting, you know, because we are in university context and we know that, um, for example, you know, if you look at the big picture, if you sit down too much, like eight hours a day, 
um, that actually increase your chance of mortality, which is not something that you may be too worried about, you know, in your 20s. But, you know, the more the more you age, the more uh, you start thinking about it. And um, and that's, again, due to the physiology of the way we are, again, made to move. But but um, but also the way we learn is is really, um, you know, exploring uh, with the senses move and and touch things and and it's really part of our learning and and I think that's something that is also interesting in university perspective how we're really starting to think how we can embed that more in our teaching because you know I tell you these things but at the same time when my students you know when I teach my students they sit down in the lecture theater so it's not uh, you know it's not that I um, you know, uh, work on that um, myself too much. And I think it is something interesting. And even more so, again, the, the link with nature, because, um, you know, we have this, uh, you know, it's called biophilia, you know, people are inclined to get in contact with nature in different ways. And we can chat about that later. But, um, you know, nature is beneficial, we know it's beneficial for your attention is beneficial for your stress levels. Um, you know, it, it increased vitality and there are studies on this. Um, so, um, you know, it, it is important that we can um, capitalize on this knowledge to, um, you know, to, to be uh, in a better place in, with ourselves and as students, as teachers, and um, you know we have we're we're lucky enough that UCC is um, you know is a green campus that is offering that sense. So I think we are in a good position to to be able to um, enhance nature contact. Yeah, and I, I think people are becoming more aware. Just the general public are becoming more aware of kind of the benefits of nature. But you know, in the university setting, I think. So often students will know this in a way, but at the same time, they'll go from a lecture and they'll go sit for several hours in the library and then they'll go home and sit down and watch Netflix. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's, um, it's difficult to kind of break that cycle. So we, we have to talk about the, the elephant in the room. Do you think COVID has affected people's relationship with nature? And do you think that kind of that I think it has in a way, but do you think that will last after the pandemic is over? Mm, I think, well, first I agree with you. Yes, I think it, it has. And, I, and there are studies actually with large samples that show that people do say that their relationship with nature has changed. But um, if it will last, I don't know. I think it's a good opportunity to, I think it will last if people start to think about the, reflect on the perceived benefits and say, well, actually, I do feel better. I do feel more relaxed. I do enjoy, you know, being out in nature and, and pay more attention to nature. And, and, you know, in some ways, I don't want to put nature too much in a sort of a, uh, at the service of the human type of, you know, framework. But, I think that if people start to notice uh, these benefits, even if they're not, you know, activists for climate change, for example, they, you know, they will 
you know, get, um, we will, you know, starting from myself, getting more in, in contact with nature and then that can create a more permanent positive loop where, you know, you perceive the benefits on yourself and you're also more inclined to, you know, live in, in, in synteny with nature and protect nature. And I actually have some fresh data for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exclusive data. Because, yeah, a premiere. Uh, because um, we had a, a survey out with uh, in, in a collaboration actually between uh, Green Campus and the sort of equivalence of, uh, of Green Campus in the University of Bologna. Uh, about, um, you know, how students felt uh, about their home environment, studying from home and, uh, and the relationship with nature. So I was just checking the survey just closes today. So I don't have properly sort of statistically valid data, but I had a quick look. And for example, to the question, um, uh, do you spend more time, uh, do you think uh, you have spent more time noticing nature during this time out of 198, 105 students uh, said that they did. Um, so I think that's, that's you know, a, a big percentage. Um, and, and this tells us something. And, and also there is a question about your, um, you know, home environment, and if you felt that you had to get out of there, you know, quite often to take a break, and you know, the majority says yes, often I need to get out. So I think there is this, in some ways, stressful but also a positive uh, sense that you know you need to get out of this maybe crowded environment, and always studying at home becomes stressful. But then you have nature as a potential outlet to. Um, you know, relieve stress to feel better. Um, even, you know, this is all, you know, the, the, the vast majority of these uh, people are university, you know, UCC students. So uh, we'll see what, what happens in Bologna. I don't know that yet. But, um, but I think there is an opportunity, but it will need to be uh, sort of a positively reinforced uh, through offering opportunities on, you know, say, for example, on the side of university and, and be open and try to notice the benefit on yourself uh, on the side of the, uh, of the student or the staff as an individual. Yeah, definitely. And like trying to, trying to create that, that positive experience so that people are aware of it you know, as opposed to kind of going going out for a walk on your break, but not really, I suppose, realizing the, the benefits. Just on, how long have you been in Cork, actually? Me? Uh, how long have I been in Cork? Eight years? Eight years, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that the, the city has enough green spaces? is definitely a, a green city you know there is a lot of opportunity um, to to experience green to observe green you know there is a greenway there is parks now there is areas of the cities where you know of the city where it may be less so uh, but even UCC you know it, there is a lot of green is open to other people and I think it, it, it is 
nice the idea of this community engagement and maybe people that are not students or staff, you know, utilizing the resources. Um, so I think we're, we're not doing badly now. I don't have statistics. You would need a, an urban planner to, uh, to tell you exactly if, if yes, or, you know, where are the areas where, where improvement is needed. But I think overall, we're not doing bad. You know, if you think about, you know, I'm Italian. So if you think about cities like Milan or, you know, uh, where there is a couple of trees every now and then, or if you, there is a boulevard, they're happy, you know, there are areas of the city where there is no green, nothing. Um, so um, even as for, for me as a student, uh, even if Bologna is a green city overall, but, you know, the, there is no campus as such. So we, you know, it, there is streets, okay, there is trees on boulevards, but you know, it's a very different experience, especially, you know, even if you think it in terms of during the summer, the academic year is longer in, in Italy. Um, you know, we, you know, was, was very hot and, you know, it, it's a different type. So I think here in terms of green, we're doing well. On the other end, we need to have some reward for the rain that we experienced. So <laughs> we need to get something back for the and <laughs> um, um, I suppose kind of linked into that from a from a cognitive point of view are kind of all green spaces created equally so is a city park as beneficial as say being out in a in a wild forest um I'd say that there are levels of of benefit uh, in the sense that uh, definitely a city park is beneficial. Um, and there are actually studies that show longitudinally that, uh, um, you know, people that lived in a city near park, a study on Edinburgh specifically, uh, those that lived near green areas, near parks, uh, many years later were aging better. Um, so, so there is definitely a benefit. Um, so much so that, you know, we think that there is a benefit even just watching nature, uh, even if you're not in nature. But again, it's less so than being actually being in the park. Uh, now, if you think about being in a forest and there is all that literature on forest bathing, um, and even, you know, there is um, somebody in UCC, Grania, uh, that is doing it. Um, you know, that's a very immersive experience where you, you're trying to activate, again, all your senses. You're not just walking through the park because you have to get to work. But, you know, you're, if you're going in the forest and you're experiencing the forest through all your senses, you really have a more, so to say, mindful experience, then it is even more beneficial. And you can, you know, of course, if you're further away, it's easier to I suppose, break uh, the, the habits of thinking, you know, maybe you're going for your walk near your house and you're still thinking about work or studying and things like that. Whereas if you're away, there is this, you know, physical being away that is even more beneficial. But um, there are different levels and, but it also depends on the individual approach the nature connectedness, you know, for somebody could be very beneficial to be out in their garden because they are, they, you know, it's an enjoyable experience. 
and uh, is, is something that gives them that necessary um, contact with nature. So um, yeah, there are different levels, but again, everybody can find their own uh, their own benefit, you know, depending on, on what they can do. And the other thing is, you know, we have to keep in mind in some ways, um, what is your normal level of exposure to green, uh, which is, I think, is something that is a little bit underdeveloped in the literature. So if you're from the countryside, do you have the same benefits that you're from the city, you know, and, and this kind of thing, or for example, individual traits, like I'm interested in um, this, you can call it sort of personality trait that is called sensory processing sensitivity. So people that are particularly sensitive to the environment. So for them, exposure to nature could be particularly beneficial and it could be, you know, something simple like, uh, again, um, you know, your garden or, or a park. And um, so it doesn't always have to be that you have to go out in the wilderness. Of course, we know that that has benefits, um, but it's not always accessible. Um, you, you kind of touched on something there that linked into my next question as well, is kind of how immersed you are in the experience. And I was gonna ask, how can people make the most of their time in nature? And is that kind of just really being mindful of the fact that they're in nature or? Um, from, if you look at from the cognitive psychology perspective, um, there is a lot of studies that look uh, at um, looking around in nature and they say, you know, what does nature offer? It offers multiple stimuli that are interesting, uh, many things to, to see, but at the same time, they're not demanding on your attention. So, um, you know, so looking around uh, is, is something that is beneficial. Um, but then, you know, it, it's uh, also, uh, you know, the sounds that, uh, that you experience, um, that, um, um, you know, you, again, being mindful, so your visual patterns, how you look around, be mindful, be mindful of the sounds. Again, there is this series of um, um, ways to get in contact with nature. And there is actually an interesting paper. Uh, Richardson is one of the authors. He has done a lot of work on this idea of nature connectedness. And um, he talks about how you know some people may benefit the most through aesthetics, you know, looking around. Some people may benefit the most through, you know, uh, sensing um, and, you know, um, empathy. So there are different sort of keys. And the interesting bit is finding your own key, I suppose, to, to enter in this contact with nature. You know, some people are more active so they they want the nature as a sort of adventurous experience um so i think it's the the benefit is there and and again there is all this literature that simply looks at how people look around in nature and they say okay it's beneficial but then you know again be mindful and be in contact engage in multiple senses uh, can get can give the um, you know, the, the, the extra boost, I suppose. And, and the other interesting thing that is really 
coming out in, in, in the literature as well as in our, you know, captured in our subjective experience is, um, you know, the importance of forming positive memories. Um, you know, that is not just simply this aesthetic or, you know, visual patterns, but is also that you had positive memories. And in fact, um, I had a, um, a student of mine looking at something like that uh, for, for his FYP and loads of people mentioned, you know, oh, because I was going with my family, because we do this with my friends, because we like to go surfing. And there is all this nature connectedness that is linked to positive experiences with nature. And in some ways, you know, yes, you, you can maybe look at the picture and, and it is the picture and what is in the visual patterns of the picture, etc. But it is also that the picture evokes in you a positive memory and, and that reinforces the connectedness, probably the effectiveness of the picture. Um, so, so I think, you know, there are all these different levels and of course science tries to slice them and you know look at you know what is only the visual pattern what is only the auditory what is only the uh, but they're very much merged in a in a subjective experience yeah so the more the better basically yeah. <laughs> and yeah i think as you were saying as well it's it's what works for individuals as well and i think people need to kind of get out and find what works for them and this, the next question's kind of more urban planner e. So sorry, but what can we do as a society to ensure that nature is accessible to everyone? I think that's a very important question. Uh, as a society, I suppose again, you know, um, there is an interesting project actually. Um, I'm in the um, scientific advisory board is called Go Green Roots and it's an Irish based project but it's a very big European funded project and they look at this type of things you know they look at European cities and how you can make green accessible how can you you know look at green in different cities that have different contexts that have different you know I suppose within a city there is different socioeconomic status in different areas. So I think it's a very important question. Um, I, I would say uh, now what I can see is it is approached in two ways. One, what science tells us that is beneficial, for example, having parks, having you know, trees in, in, in different uh, estates, um, having green that can be of fruition so that, you know, even if you're an older person, you feel com comfortable going out in the green near your house. Uh, and that's one side. And the other side is really consultation with the citizens. So, you know, how do you want your, your estate to be green? How do you want nature to be incorporated? And, and making sure that this consultation is wide and includes all areas, not just the more affluent areas. And I think that's a very um, crucial topic. And, and I was listening to this uh, interesting um, sort of panel uh, online by the New York Times, and there was all different people that work in housing, house building, so to say, so, you know, more fancy than that, but 
uh, and 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 actually, you know, they were talking about how you know they plan new estates and that, and and there was this a lady that works in a charity that, that works in cities where they have huge areas of what they call informal housing, and and that's a huge thing, you know, that maybe we don't perceive as much in Cork, you know, we don't have, you know, this big. Uh, areas where people build their own house with you know materials that they find but but um, you know how how you know these big cities how do they cope with with this kind of thing um, so I think it is a huge issue and a huge issue of quality uh, and I suppose I, I, I think we can say that Corp is quite um, you know, is doing quite well, and I know that healthy Cork Healthy Cities is very much engaged with this type of um, discourse. Uh, but it is a big issue, you know, accessibility and quality of green space for everyone. Uh, it is a big problem. Yeah, and I, I think when and a big opportunity. I mean, I don't want yeah. to be too negative. <laughs> and I think positive. when we know how beneficial it is, it is so important that everyone can can access it yeah um, so kind of moving back to ucc specifically and i originally said students here but how can ucc students and staff make the most of nature i think um first thing being aware of what is there in terms of nature and and i start for myself you know, sometimes, you know, we have meetings again with the green campus and there are areas of campus that are mentioned that I don't know where they are, you know, after eight years. Uh, so, uh, so I think being aware of what is there and what is available and, and um, you know, enjoying it in, in, first of all, in the way that is more um, suitable for you, but also pushing yourself out of your comfort zone for example, a bit, you know, uh, and for me, for example, I really enjoy the, uh, the simple walking around, you know, I find that uh, uh, you see as very nice opportunity for walking around. Um, and it wouldn't be, you know, my first uh, instinct, so to say, to engage with, say, the bees or, you know, gardening, uh, and but but you know I think now I'm sort of starting to I've started to be part of a biodiversity group now it's not in UCC but then is linked with UCC and I think you know maybe I can look for something like that in UCC and and get a little bit more into it so um, I think everybody can can think okay what makes me comfortable in the relationship with nature and start with that and see what is available um and then see what is available that can push your comfort zone a little bit and give you a new opportunity to learn a new way to be in contact with nature yeah absolutely but i think we're doing well i think there is a lot in ucc to be honest that uh, uh you know i'm i'm again still learning what what is available what are the initiatives um so it's uh, you know it's a matter of going out and discover a little bit. And, and there is, to be fair to UCC, there is a lot of green space, but I, I think people just need to be a bit more aware of it and kind of go looking for it. Um, 
and, and start to make use of it because I think so often people will just walk between the same three buildings for their entire time on, in college um, and not really explore the campus. Yeah, can actually, if I can add something on that, yeah. um, one of the things that we have planned for later when hopefully we will be on campus again is another survey with, with Bologna where we want to ask students, um, and that's again with uh, you know with Green Campus and with Oliver from Building and Estates, and you know where um, you know where do you see potential for green spaces? You know that you want to use that maybe you think could be used better, or you know this kind of thing to you know to raise awareness, but also to say okay, wh why don't you don't use it? Is there anything that we can do to you know, improve your, uh, you know, willingness to use it. Um, so, so that's down, down the line when we will be back in a real environment, not in a virtual environment. Hopefully, hopefully soon, sooner rather than later. Um, a project that you're involved in with um, graduate attributes is the Success It's In Our Nature project. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. So, so that came about really um, because I was looking at exam anxiety in, in university students uh, with a student of mine, Alison Omera, and, and she showed with her FYP that uh, um, looking at virtual nature was beneficial for those that have exam anxiety. Um, in terms of reducing their negative affect, which is one of the, I suppose, negative side effects of having exam anxiety. So, so, um, so starting from that, I, I thought, okay, well, there is actually um, a sizable amount of, of people that have exam anxiety. So how can we make more explicit uh, to students, look, nature seemed to work, and it's not just our study that looks at virtual nature, but you know, we know that it works in general with real nature. Um, so, um, so then I got in touch with, um, with Carol Vega from the Graduate Attributes and then with Maria and then uh, Darren, um, and then you, know, you, you all. And uh, um, it kind of came about this idea of having a place where students can find this information on how nature is good for you, how can, um, you be good for nature and that helps you develop as a student because you know if you're um, you know if you're less stressed if you're less anxious you'll be better in your performance um, and also you know more sort of a whole person because you know you're you're aware of the benefits of nature you'll be more engaged uh, probably in protecting nature, in you know these issues of inequalities. So it kind of came about as how can we raise awareness of what happens in terms of nature-related activities uh, in UCC and how they can be beneficial for the individual as a student and as a person, uh, and in turn, you know, develop this sense of civic engagement. Uh, so, so that was kind of the, the broad idea. And then um, uh, Carol um, had the idea of linking up with the success zone, 
So in on Canvas, which is our, you know, where everything happens now, uh, Canvas or Teams. Uh, so in the success zone, there is a um, on Canvas, there is this success zone, which you probably have seen, um, where there are there is different, you know, information. There's graduate attributes and you know, student well-being and different uh, resources. I suppose the students can access independently from what faculty or course they're in. Um, so the idea came about to just put one uh, sort of a window there. Uh, on on this type of topic and that's what we are developing um, as you know and uh, you know hopefully it will happen we, it should happen uh, that in September is available uh, and the idea is that again it's a resource where people can say okay oh yeah let's have a look at that and you know why nature is good for me what can I do what is available in UCC uh, you know, and then there will be links to the green campus, to the arboretum, you know, to the student well-being, you know, is not really offering resources in itself, is more a, a repository where people can reflect on the benefits of nature and be directed to where all these nature initiatives are. And hopefully we'll have a cool movie that explains of that, <laughs> because um, we're, we're very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and hopefully by the time this is released, we'll be able to link to those to that anyway as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So Anne you've been on campus for eight years. Do you have a favorite place on campus? Uh, yeah, I've well, my favorite place is the walk between the North Mile because I'm in the North Mile and main campus. I really like that walk along the river. I think it's very relaxing for me. In fact, uh, in fact, when I came down for my interview, I was living in Dublin. Uh, one of the things that I noticed is how green the environment was because I was on the back end of Trinity with my office at the time, the non-green one. Uh, and I thought, oh, this is really nice. So I really like the walk. And I like the quad, I think is, you know, there is a nice green, but historical balance and the, the wildflower meadow now. Uh, I like that a lot. And I like the bridge in the Western Gate building, you know, the bridge that links the Western Gate with it. Uh, uh, I think that's really nice. Um, so yeah, I have yeah. favorite places. <laughs> Loads of favorite places. But I think that just points to how many Kind of nice outdoor spaces there are on campus. Have you ever seen the otters as you're walking to the north campus? No, I was walking one day with my children that claimed they saw it, but I don't know if they were just pretending or. <laughs> but yeah, no, I haven't. But uh, again, uh, I might have been distracted. I have to notice nature more myself. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so finally, where can people find out more about your work? Uh, about my work, um, uh, the uh, Acme Lab uh, website, um, and so www.acmelab.science. And uh, yeah, and they can email me. And uh, if anybody student or staff uh, wants to contribute to the successes in your nature, we welcome 
contributions and ideas and critiques and everything. This has been great. Thanks a million, Annalisa, for coming and talking to us. Thank you. Um, great to chat. And, and thank you for listening to the UCC Green Campus podcast. Bye.